Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Moto Convo, the motocross and supercross-based podcast. Just a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Tag Metals Racing. They make handlebars, chains, grips, sprockets, you name it. I will leave their link in the description so you can go check them out. Also, Duver Snow Plowing in Iowa. It's either winter or about to be winter, but Duver Snow Plowing will get the snow out of your hair, and we can move right back into moto season. Thank you guys for the sponsorship, and thank you guys for listening. Let's get into the podcast. <clears throat> hey, Kevin, you want to hit him with MXGP talk? Yeah, let's talk about MXGP. <clears throat> Woo-wee. All right, so... Yeah, let's let's uh let's a little do a little jam sesh on MXGP just because. All right, I'm gonna level with you guys real quick, as I always do, right? And hold on, hold okay, wait. We got to get through this part. Welcome back to another episode of Moto Combo, the motocross and supercross based podcast. All right, we got that out of the way. MXGP, <laughs> I'm gonna front with you guys and say that, and tell you I should say that I. Never really followed the MXGP circuit until um, Villapoto went over there in 2015. Now, I knew of riders, especially with um, Motocross of Nations, like always watching that when, you know, RV was on a a 250F and, you know, Carmichael was, um, you know, racing in in general. And then I, you know, just all those years, like you always, like the guys like Stefan, Stefan Everts, um, Kyroli, you know, I knew of MXGP and I knew of the circuit and I knew a couple guys over there, but, um, after RV went, which is what I predicted and felt would happen. Um, I think I would assume that, um, there are more people like me that pay attention to MXGP who are from America. Whereas before it was kind of like, we just kind of met up, um, around the end of the summer for, you know, the Olympics of our uh, sport. So, that being said, I've been actually pretty excited about an MXGP. I was, oh man, I was so excited. I don't want to harp on this for a long time. But I was so, 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 so excited for 2015 when uh, Villapoto went over. I'm like, yes, like I cannot wait to watch this. First and foremost, because I love Villapoto. But it's just like, it's like you got to see... Like you see, you see guys very often come over from there. You got Roxon, Verandis, Moosecan, um, just to name a few off, you know, present day riders um, that are um, up towards the head of the classes, should I say? Um, but you don't see a lot. You don't see a lot of guys go over there, and so I think it was really cool to see Villapoto, especially since he was the top of the sport um, when he left. And, uh, so I've kind of, it's definitely picked up on me. The MXGP has definitely grown on me. Um, even like one of the tracks, if you listen to the favorite track, uh, wow, just brain just totally stalled out on me right there. (laughs) If you listen to the, uh, podcast episode about my favorite tracks, you would even know that actually, no, if you watch the vlog afterwards, um, I think it was the Coca vlog. You would know that uh, Patagonia in Argentina, uh, that that's one of very one of if not and or very close to one of my favorite tracks. Um, and 
as we're going to discuss. It is by far my favorite track on the MXGP circuit just because, I mean, it's not really competition. I don't know all the tracks all that well, um, so that's that could definitely change as I catch up and watch more of the MXGP. But let's talk a little bit about MXGP. First and foremost, um, let me finish talking about why I'm excited for uh, MXGP. First and foremost, I've always been a fan of Cairoli. Um, I've always thought he's been a good racer. I've haven't followed his career very closely, just like all the other guys over there. But um, I've always liked Cairoli and um, Hurlings. Hurlings was I heard about Hurlings maybe a year ago, probably a year ago. I heard about I first heard about Hurlings, and I honestly, be straight up, I did not like Jeffrey at all. Um, I had the opinion of he's very, uh, cocky and arrogant and, uh, you know, he kind of thinks he's, you know, he's on his high horse above the rest of us. But recently I think, um, Hurlings has matured a little bit. Like I did enjoy watching him, uh, 2017 when he came up for Ironman, Ironman Raceway in, uh, Crawfordsville. I wish he would have came back over this year, but he's actually in the, uh, title fight. He looks like he's going to win the title, but. Um, I've, I think, um, his attitudes changed a little bit. I think he's just kind of, I don't want to say grown up because it's not my responsibility to bestow, um, moral traits or character, um, uh, levels, character, sure, levels (laughs) to just to bestow character upon, you know, oh yeah, he just had to grow up, you know, anything like that. I just think that you know, like every racer or human being period typically does, you kind of just mature and uh, you kind of change as you grow. And I think that's kind of what Hurlings um, has done. I, from what I've seen, like I, I haven't followed his career also a lot, except for recently I've been watching more and picking up more and, you know, reading more and stuff like that. But uh, Hurlings has really grown on me. And uh, like I've said before, I'm so, so, so excited to see Tomac and Cairoli and Roxin and Hurlings and Muskan and uh, all those guys to sell. Man, I can't wait for Motocross of Nations this year. I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, the top two of the sport, I'm I'm just, just going off of points and wins like Hurlings versus Tomac. I'm, man, I cannot wait for that. Um, October 7th couldn't get here soon enough, but let's talk about, um, whoops, just dropped my paper and my pen. I figured let's start with the tracks and then we'll go into, uh, the writers. Um, I'm probably going to hack apart some names. So if I mispronounce your name, please don't take it personally. Um, I will do my best. But tracks, let's talk about their season real quick. They have starting in March, which is completely wicked awesome uh, because it's my birthday month. (laughs) Um, They have, if I counted correct, 21 stops, including, um, well, this year Redbud, but the designations. So they they do run uh, more stops than uh, we do here in America. Um but you also have to consider all their travel and everything like that. Like, man, it's 
like obviously going from state to state's one thing, but they're going like country to country. And so, uh, I mean, I can only imagine the racing schedule over there. Like, you know, that's, um, just go back to what RV said and what you've heard. If you watched the press conference with, uh, Plessinger, Tomac and Barsha, who is, um, represent the U S you would know that it is just drastically different. The two worlds are. And so it's going to be kind of, especially considering I haven't been to either event. Uh, obviously I haven't, I, I was going to try to go to, I was going to try to go to destinations this year, but, um, I'm expecting a baby right around that time. Uh, so it's probably better not to be in red bud when, uh, my, if my wife were to go into labor, because that would be, um, that'd be quite the drive back, um, in the little smallest amount of time possible, <laughs> but, um, their, their travel, um, is pretty crazy. Um, I think that, um, like I said before, I mean, Argentina definitely takes a cake for my favorite track. Then you have obviously like Lommel I've heard of before and the rest of, uh, the MXGP of the, of the Netherlands, um, I could not pronounce that if I tried. Asen, A S S E N. I don't. Um, maybe that's not how it's pronounced. I'm not sure. But, but uh, there's a few races that I've seen before, and like uh, highlight clips of here and there. Like I've seen the MXGP of France. I've seen clips from that. Um, Indonesia, uh, Belgium. Well, that's Lommel, so that would be why. <laughs> And, uh, but the Netherlands, Netherlands, I saw last year, I, I watched a little bit of that race and I was watching highlights of that, um, here just in the past month or so as I read up more and caught up more on the MXGP and, uh, that, the Netherlands track looks really sweet. Like it kind of reminds me of, uh, was it the F1, uh, Grand Prix in Dubai? Was it Dubai where they were going in between all the buildings and everything like that? That was really something. Um, and that the Netherlands track reminded me of that. And I think it would be so sweet to ride that. Uh, plus it was sand. So, I mean, you better believe hurlings was, Choo, he was gone. You know what they should, oh man, they should do next time they come to the U S for, uh, designations, they should go to Southwick. That would be sweet. Um, I, who, you know, I'll, I'll stand by. The U.S. as much as I can, but if it was a Southwick, I think, I mean, Hurlings is just, I mean, Hurlings is fast, but in the sand, I mean, he's just, he, in my opinion, he might be the fastest rider in the world in sand, um, that we know of anyways. There might be a private guy somewhere that's just straight up ripping. Um, hopefully I don't catch any flack for that. Um, oh, you're, you're, uh, you don't believe in the U.S.? No, I'm not saying that I don't believe in the U.S. or that Tomac could beat him or anyone could beat him, Barsha, or anyone could beat him. But, uh, I mean, everyone knows who's kept up with hurlings and anything of the MXGP knows that uh, Jeff Jeffrey is nothing to mess around with in the sand. But, um, back to their tracks. Um, a lot of these I haven't seen. Um, I remember... Obviously, Argentina from 2015, and I think it's pronounced Tarantino. Um, oh, man, I couldn't even pronounce that venue at all or where that is. Um, the MXGP of Tarantino, that was the one that RV crashed at, and I loved that race. That race looked really cool. Um, 
probably close second to Patagonia. Um, so if I had to pick my top three, just from what I've seen, um, I would have to say Patagonia, then Tarantino and Lommel in Belgium. Ah, the Netherlands was pretty sweet. Uh, Lommel might be fourth behind the Netherlands. Either way, that's kind of their uh, series. They start in March 4th in the last race, it looks like, of their circuit is September 30th. Um, and then obviously October 7th we have MX of Nations. So I think it's it's a pretty good, nice stint. And then you have to consider all the travel and everything like that. I think it's something that, it's definitely something that I'm going to watch more. Um, if Hurlings doesn't come over to the U.S., which I think he has one or two years left of his contract for sure, over with KTM, I think it is over with KTM. I think with MXGP, um, I'll definitely be looking for it more next year. And uh, MXGP T, MXGPTV.com, I think it is that uh, you can get it. I think it's subscription based. I haven't looked a lot into it. Just I know that um, that's where they uh, will post like qualifying races and everything like that. So just to leave their tracks real quick and their circuit. Uh, goes from March to September. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, their racing schedule. I think it's. I perf. Mm, I think I prefer it. Well, it's hard to say, because what I like about um, writing right now is that. I don't know. How do I? How do I word this? The amount of racing they do, I think it would be better for the teams and riders in the U.S. Um, and I think you would have more preparedness going into each race and maybe in that way, better racing, um, because theirs is a two day event. They have a qualifying race and practices, and then they have their motos. Whereas in the U S you know, it's one day you're out for practice pretty short and then you go right into motos. Um, either way is good. I mean, (laughs) as long as I'm on a dirt bike or I'm watching dirt bikes, I'll be a okay. But I think I I think it's I think I like their scheduling a little bit more. Um, I just think it's um, maybe as a like as a fan, like if you were going also like it would become a two day event, which I say might be I would think might be bad because you're I mean, if you're getting tickets for both days and you're going with a purpose, but you're going to be there for, for two days and it's just uh, I see pros and cons to each side. And personally, I think as a viewer, um, I, as strictly for entertainment and as a viewer, I prefer theirs just because you can see so much more of practice and qualifying and then you have your races and, you know, a week later it's all over again. So I think that way, I think it's cooler. Um, I think that it does, in my opinion, I think it prepares the riders and teams for better racing. Uh, just because you can get so much more acquainted with the track and the setup and your bike setup and everything like that prior to and like setting up lines for the track and you can get so much more more you can get so much more acquainted with it prior to getting on for motos and I just think that's cool in general I think that would um, equate to better racing in a way um, you'll obviously always have your guys that stand out but uh, speaking of that. Let's touch on racers real quick. Um, obviously, I know the 450 class more. I, I'll be honest and say I haven't kept up with, as much with MX2, the 250 class. 
Um, so I'll go over the top five with them, and then we'll go over the top ten with four fifties. Um, man, <laughs> he's from Spain. He's got seven hundred thirty-nine points. Uh, Pr- Prado, I think it is. <clears throat> I have um, honestly no idea how to pronounce his first name, uh, so I apologize. Um, then you have Paul's Jonas. I've heard of him before. Uh, Thomas Olson, I've heard of him. Ben Watson, not as familiar. Um, Thomas Covington, he's from Alabama. So earlier, what I said about writers going over there, I knew prior to, I knew back in 15 of Thomas Covington. And I think it's cool that he's over there. He's in fifth over the points. And uh, right now, Prado is ahead of Jonas. And I know Paul's Jonas, he's been, from what I've seen, um, he's, he's really good. Both him and I believe Prado, I think I'm, 99% sure they're both KTMs. They're both KTM riders. Um, and they're definitely, they're, I mean, they're nothing to mess around with. They're pretty good over there. And uh, you can tell by the points. They're just, uh, Olsen is 150 points, 154. Is that right? Correct math? I think so. 154 points behind Jonas, and Jonas is, behind, is 30 behind Prado. Prado, Prado. Um, so those guys are... Um, as far as 250s go, I'm going, I mean, I'm just excited for both classes and the designations, but I'm excited to see what uh, goes on. And also we will have a designations episode here coming up, but let's talk the talk. Let's talk the top 10 for MXGP, the 450 class. We got Jeffrey Hurlings, Antonio Cairoli, Clement DeSalle, Kim Geiser. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's it. There's, I think the J is, uh, silent for us Americans. <laughs> um, Roman Febra. I'm trying to think of the announcer. Like we have Jeff Emig and Raf Shaheen. I'm trying to think of um, how he pronounces their names. Um, Gardier Paulin, I think that was his name. I think that's how he pronounce it. Um, Glenn Koldenhoff. I don't recognize him, um, but I'm pretty sure he's also going to be racing for the Netherlands with hurlings for the designations. Um, Jeremy Sewer, uh, Jeremy Van Horbeek, heard of him before, and Max Anstey. I've heard of him also. He came over to the U.S. for a little bit. Um, I know for sure I remember seeing video of him back when he was on uh, Little Bikes. But Hurlings is 73 points ahead of Cairoli. Um, that was 1 through 10. Anstey and 10th Hurlings leading. And uh, I think Hurlings on a win streak right now. Um, I don't. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many he's gone back and won. He's went 1-1 for the Motos. But I do know it's been um, definitely a handful, I'm pretty sure. Last I knew, I thought it was he was. I thought this last one they just did would have been his fifth one-one. Um, which one was that? Bulgaria. I'm pretty sure he went one-one. And uh, <clears throat> overall, I've heard of all these guys. Um, Koldenhoff, I'm newer to. I don't recognize his name, um, but I mean, I will as I watch more and more. Well, I mean, I recognize it because I've seen him, but you know what I mean. Like um, I knew of uh, DeSalle, Cairoli. And Hurlings and Van Horbeek and Anstey and um, the rest of the guys more so when I was watching back in 2015. And just recently, uh, like I said, um, I've even been following like Hurlings and Cairoli and I uh, just followed DeSalle on Instagram and uh, just get more acquainted with MXGP. I'm really excited for it. And I'm really excited to see how the rest of the season ends. Personally, I think that for the 250 class, um, I think, I think it's possible for Jonas to catch, um, 
catch up and maybe take the championship. Um, I didn't watch much of Bulgaria, but I think it's definitely possible. Um, Hurlings, ah, man, I like Cairoli and Hurlings both. I think that Hurlings will take the championship. I think he's kind of like Tomac is over here. I think he's just kind of on another level right now. Um, Cairoli, like his track record is just phenomenal. I mean, you can never count him out. Absolutely can never count out uh, Tony. But uh, I think Hurlings and... I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Jonas uh, Paul's Jonas catches Prado and uh, he takes the MX2. Um, we'll see if I'm right, but uh, I definitely think Hurling is gonna take the championship. Um, I think they have three stops left. I think it, I think I, I just closed the web browser page I was looking at it on, but I'm pretty sure they have three left: um, Turkey and then two more, and then uh, destinations. So, yeah, I think Hurlings will take the championship 450, and uh, Jonas will catch up and uh, take first for the 250. Time will tell, obviously. But um, that's kind of all I really wanted to discuss as far as MXGP. Um, so I would definitely pass the question off to you guys. I mean, what do you think of, um, you know, what do you think of MXGP? Have you watched it, period? Have you kept up with it? Who's your favorite riders and stuff like that? I know that um, obviously we have fans on both sides of the ocean. And uh, you always get, um, I mean, the YouTube comments are uh, just a complete war zone on just about any designations or uh, video talking about hurlings and Tomac and going back and forth and Cairoli and everything like that. <laughs> um, but I'm uh, MXGP is definitely growing on me. Um, and I, I think their, uh, tracks, I, I do like, I like, I like their tracks so much, I think just because it's new to me. So like, I'm, I'm very used to the U S circuit and what the tracks will look like. And, you know, kind of, you get used to it just as a viewer, just because you've seen it. I mean, I've seen it, um, I'm 24 now, so I remember seeing at least, um, when I was probably like eight, seven, um, what would that have been? 2004. Yeah, for sure. 2004. Cause that was, uh, Stuart and, uh, Ricky days. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely passed the question off to you guys. What do you think of MXGP? Who do you think is going to win the titles? Um, and, uh, we're going to do a designations episode here soon, uh, as it gets closer and I'm going to go over teams and stuff like that. And my predictions, and I'd love to hear your guys' predictions, but um, who do you think will win this this title? I'm I'm guessing Hurlings. Um, I think he's just as long as he doesn't get hurt. Uh, God forbid that happened or anything like that. Um, I think he's definitely just the guy that'll take it. And like I said, Jonas will uh, catch up. I'm pulling for him. I'm pulling for you. Um, but either way, I think the battle between him and Prado are just going to be sick. Um, so, what do you guys think of MXGP? Let me know. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, with that, I will uh, tune out and we will uh, talk later.